0: Hello friends Today I am going to read a very short introduction book written by Peter Singer published by Oxford This book is uh, specially recommended uh, for a UPSC aspirant who has political science as a, an optional so let me clear here the purpose of uh, reading or to making this audio is while preparing for UPC or civil services examination sometimes we don't get time to read books while working other things for example taking bath having breakfast lunch dinner or anything else so at that time you can listen audio and uh, use your time that is the basic concept or purpose of uh, uh, making this audio uh, guys actually this is a book i'm going to read whole book actually and uh, so you can add uh, or uh, it will be useful to you value addition in your answers and it is a very good very good book when i was preparing for upsc our seniors or our uh, teachers recommended this book so, I used this book and it's very useful. So, let's start from chapter 2nd, The Young Hegelian, because the chapter 1st is uh, Life of Karl Marx and Its Impact. So, we'll see this chapter at the end of uh, this book. First, we will see the very important chapter from this book so let's start chapter second young hegelian so let's start the young hegelian little more than a year after his arrival as a student in berlin marx wrote to his father that he was now attaching himself ever more closely to the current philosophy This current philosophy was the philosophy of uh, G. W. F. Hegel who had taught at the University of Berlin from 1818 until his death in 1831. Years later, Frederick Engels described Hegel's influence in the period when he and Marx began to form their ideas. The Hegelian system covered an incomparably greater domain than any earlier system and developed in this domain a wealth of thought which is astounding even today. One can imagine what a tremendous effect this Hegelian system must have produced in the philosophy tinged atmosphere of Germany. It was a triumphal procession which lasted for decades and which by no means came to a standstill on the death of hegel on the contrary it was precisely from 1830 to 1840 that hegelianism reigned most exclusively and to a greater or lesser extent infected even its opponents the close attachment to this philosophy marx formed in 1837 was to affect his thought for the rest of his life writing about hegel in 1844 marx referred to the phenomenology of mind as the true birthplace and secret of his philosophy the long and obscure work is therefore the place to begin our understanding of marx the german word for mind is sometimes translated as a spirit hegel uses it to refer to the spiritual side of the universe which appears in his writings as a kind of universal mind my mind your mind and the minds of every other conscious being are particular limited manifestations of this universal mind There has been a good deal of debate about uh, whether this universal mind is intended to be God or whether Hegel was, in pantheistic fashion, identifying God with the world as a whole. There is no definite answer to this question, but it seems appropriate and convenient to distinguish this universal mind from our own particular minds by writing the universal variety with a capital as a mind. The phenomenology of mind traces the development of mind from its first appearance as individual minds, conscious but neither self-conscious nor free, to mind as a free and fully self-conscious unity. The process is neither purely historical nor purely logical but a strange combination of the two. One might say that Hegel is trying to show that history is the progress of mind along a logically necessary path, a path along which it must travel in order to reach its final goal. The development of mind is dialectical, <coughs> Sorry. a term that has come to be associated with Marx because his own philosophy has been referred to a dialectical materialism the dialectical elements of Marx's theory were taken over from hegel so this is a good place to see what dialectic is perhaps the most celebrated passage in the phenomenology concerns the relationship of a master to a slave it will illustrates what Hegel means by, la- by dialectic and it introduces an idea echoed in uh, Marx's view of the relationship between capitalist and worker. Suppose we have two independent people aware of their own independence but not of their common nature as a aspect of One universal mind. Each sees the other as a rival, a limit to his own power or everything else. The situation is therefore unstable. A struggle ensues in which one conquers and enslaves the others. The master or slave relationship, however, is not stable either. Although it seems at first that the master is everything and the slave is nothing it is the slave who works and by his work changes the natural world in this assertion of his own nature and consciousness over the natural world the slave achieves satisfaction and develops his own self-consciousness while the master becomes dependent on his slave the ultimate outcome must therefore be the liberation of the slave and the overcoming of the initial conflict between the two independent beings this is only one short section of the phenomenology the whole of which traces the development of mind as it overcomes contradiction or opposition mind is inherently universal but and its limited form as the minds of particular people it is not aware of uh, its universal nature that is particular people do not see themselves as all part of the one universal mind Hegel describes this as a situation in which mind is alienated from itself that is people who are manifestations of mind take other people, who are also manifestations of mind, as something foreign, hostile and external to themselves, whereas they are in fact all part of the same great whole. Mind cannot be free in an alienated state, for in such a state it appears to encounter opposition and barriers to its own complete development. Since mind is really infinite and all-encompassing, opposition and barriers are only appearances the result of mind not recognizing itself for what it is, but taking what is really a part of itself as something alien and hostile to itself. These apparently alien forces limit the freedom of mind for if mind does not know its own infinite powers it cannot exercise these powers to organize the world in accordance with its plans the progress of the dialectical development of minds in hegel's philosophy is always op- is always progress towards freedom the history of the world is none other than the progress of the consciousness of the freedom he wrote the phenomenology is thus an immense philosophical epic, tracing the history of mind from its first blind groupings in a hostile world to the moment when, in recognizing itself as a master of the universe, it finally achieves self-knowledge and freedom. Hegel. Hegel's philosophy has an odd consequences which would have been embarrassing to a more modest author. If all history is the story of mind working towards the goal of understanding its own nature, this goal is actually reached with the completion of the phenomenology itself. When mind manifested in the mind of Hegel, Grass. Its own nature, the last stage of history has been reached. To us, this is a pre Hegel's speculative mixture of philosophy and history has been unfashionable for a long time. It was, however, taken seriously when Marx was young, moreover. We can make sense of much of the phenomenology even if we reject the notion of a universal mind as the ultimate reality of all things. We can treat universal mind as a collective term for all human minds. We can then rewrite the phenomenology in terms of the path to human liberation. The saga of mind then becomes the saga of the human spirit this is what a group of philosophers known as young hegelians attempted in the decade following hegel's death the orthodox interpretation of hegel was that since human society is the manifestation of mind in the world everything is right and rational as it is there are plenty of passages in hegel's works which can be quoted in support of this view at times he seems to regard the prussian state as the supreme incarnation of uh, sorry, as the supreme incarnation of mind, since the Prussian state paid his salary as a professor of philosophy in Berlin, it is uh, not surprising that the more radical young Hegelians took the view that in these passages Hegel had betrayed his own philosophy. Among these was Mas, who wrote in his uh, dialect, uh, doctoral thesis if a philosopher really has compromised it is the job of his followers to use the inner core of his thought to illuminate his own superficial expressions of it for the young hegelians the superficial expression of hegel's philosophy was his acceptance of the state of politics religion and society in early 19th century the inner core was his account of mind overcoming alienation reinterpreted as an account of human self-consciousness freeing itself from the illusions that prevent it achieving self-understanding and freedom during his student days in berlin and for a year or two afterwards maas was close to bruno baur a lecturer in ide- a lecturer in theology and a leading young Hegelian, under Bauer's influence, Marx seized an orthodox religion as the chief illusion standing in the way of human self-understanding. The chief weapon against this illusion was a philosophy. In the preface to his doctoral thesis, Marx wrote, Philosophy makes no secret of it. The proclamation of Prometheus, in a word, I detest all the gods, is her own profession, her own slogan against all the gods of heaven and earth who do not recognize man's self-consciousness as the highest divinity. There shall be no other beside it. In accordance with the general method of the young Hegelians, Bauer and Marx used Hegel's own critique of religion to reach more radical conclusions. In the phenomenology, Hegel referred to the Christian religion at a certain stage of its development as a form of alienation. For a while, God reigns reigns in heaven. Human beings inhabit an inferior and comparatively worthless well of tears human nature is divided between its essential nature which is immortal and heavenly and its non-essential nature which is mortal and earthly thus individuals see their own essential nature as having its home in another realm they are alienated from their mortal existence and the world in which they actually live. hegel treating this as a passing sorry hegel treating this as a passing phase in the self alienation of mind drew no practical conclusions from it bauer reinterpreted it more broadly as indicating the self alienation of human beings it was humans he maintained who had created this god who now seemed to have an independent existence an existence which made it impossible for humans to regard themselves as the highest divinity. This philosophical conclusion pointed to a practical task to criticize religion and show human beings that God is their own creation, thus uh, ending the subordination of uh, humanity to God and the alienation of human beings from their own true nature. So the young Hegelians thought Hegel's philosophy both mystifyingly presented and incomplete. When rewritten in terms of the real world instead of the mysterious world of mind, it made sense. Mind was read as human self-consciousness. The goal of history became the liberation of humanity, but this could not be achieved until the religious illusion had been overcome. Now, Chapter 3 From God to hmm. Money so, let's start chapter 3, From God to Money. The transformation of Hegel's method into a weapon against religion was carried through most thoroughly by another radical Hegelian, Ludwig Feverbash, L u d w i g f e u e r b a c h. Ludwig Feverbash fair fair bash maybe i pronounced wrong that's why i spell frederick angels later wrote of the impact of the work that made a fair fair bash famous then came fair bash issues of christianity one must himself have experienced the liberating effect of this book to get an idea of it, enthusiasm was general, we all became at once favorbatians. Like Bohr, favorbatians in the essence of Christianity uh, characterized religion as a form of alienation. God, he wrote, is to be understood as the essence of the human species, externalized and projected into an alien re- reality wisdom love benevolence these are really attributes of the human species but we attribute them in a purified form to God the more we enrich our concept of God in this way however the more we impoverish ourselves the solution is to realize that theology is a kind of uh, misdescribed anthropology what we believe of god is really true of ourselves this humanity can regain its essence which in religion it has lost when the essence of christianity appeared in 1841 the first meeting between mars and angels still lay two years ahead the book may not have made as much of an impression on Mars. As it did on angels. For mass had already been exposed to similar ideas through Bohr, Baur, sorry, through Baur, B A U E R, through Baur. But Bash's later works, particularly his preliminary thesis for the reform of uh, philosophy, did have a uh, decisive impact on Marx triggering of the next important stage in the development of his thought fair later work fair later works went beyond the criticism of religion to the criticism of Hegelian philosophy itself yet it was a cu- curi- uh, sorry it it was a curious form of criticism of Hegel for fair bash continued to work by transforming hegel using hegel's method against all philosophy in the hegelian mode hegel had taken mind as the moving force in history and humans as manifestations of mind this according to fair bash locates the essence of human locates the essence of uh, humanity outside human beings and thus like religion serves to alienate humanity from itself more generally hegel and other german philosophers of the idealist school began from such conceptions as spirit mind god the absolute the infinite and so on treating these as ultimately real and regarding ordinary humans and animals tables, sticks and stone and the rest of the finite material world as limited imperfect expression of the spiritual world Fairbash again reversed this, insisting that philosophy must begin with the finite material world. Thought does not precede existence. Existence precedes thought. So Fairbash put at the center of his philosophy neither God nor thought but man. Hegel's tale of the progress of mind, overcoming alienation in order to achieve freedom, was uh, for Fairbash a mystifying expression of the progress of human beings overcoming the alienation of both religion and philosophy itself. Marx seized on this idea of bringing Hegel down to earth by using Hegel's method to attack the present condition of human beings. In his brief spell as editor of the Rhenish Gazette, Mars had descended from the rarefied air of hegelian philosophy to more practical issues like censorship divorce, a Prussian law prohibiting the gathering of uh, dead timber from forests and the economic distress of mostly wine growers when the paper was suppressed Marx went back to philosophy applying fair fair bash technique of uh, transformation to hegel's political philosophy marx's ideas at this stage in 1843 are liberal rather than socialist and he still thinks that a change in consciousness is all that is needed in the letter to Annal druch a fellow young hegelian with whom he worked on the short-lived german french annals mass wrote freedom the feeling of human uh, the feeling of man's dignity will have to be awakened again in these men only this feeling can again transform society into a community of men to achieve their highest purposes a democratic state and in a later later to root about their joint venture we can express the aim of our periodical in one phrase self understanding equals critical philosophy of the age concerning concerning its struggles and wishes to have its sins forgiven mankind has only to declare them for what they are up to this point Mass had followed fair bash in reinterpreting Hegel as a philosopher of man rather than mind. His view of human beings, however, focused on their mental aspect, their thoughts and their consciousness. The first signs of uh, a shift to his later emphasis on the material and economic conditions of human life came in an essay written in 1843 entitled On the Jewish Question. The essay reviews, uh, reviews, sorry, the essay reviews two publications by Bruno Bauer on the issue of civil and political rights for Jews. Marx rejects his friend's treatment of the issue as a question of religion. It is not the Sabbath Jew we should consider, Marx says, but the everyday Jew, accepting the common stereotype of Jews as obsessed with uh, money and bargaining. Marx describes the Jew as merely a special manifestation of what he calls civil society's Judaism that is the dominance in society of bargaining and financial interest generally. Marx therefore suggests that the way to abolish the problem of Judaism is to reorganize society so as to abolish bargaining. The importance of this essay is that it sees economic life not religion as the chief form of human alienation. Another German writer Moses Hess had already developed a fair bash ideas in his direction being the first as Angels put it to reach communism by the philosophic path. There had of course been many earlier communists who were more or less philosophical, what angels meant was the path of Hegelian philosophy. Now Marx was heading down the same route. The following quotations from on the Jewish question reads exactly like Baur, Fair, fair Bash or Marx himself, a year or two earlier denouncing religion, except that where they would have written God, Marx now substitutes money. Money is the universal, self-constituted value of all things. Hence, it has robed the whole world, the human world, as well as nature, of its proper value. Money is the alienated essence of man's labor and life, and this alien essence And this alien essence dominates him as uh, he worships it. The final sentence points the way forward. First, the young Hegelians, including Baur and Fairbash, see religion as the alienated human essence and uh, seek to end this alienation by their critical studies of Christianity, then Fairbash goes beyond religion, arguing that any philosophy which concentrates on the mental rather than the material side of human nature is a form of alienation. Now Marx insists that it is neither religion nor philosophy but money that is the barrier to human freedom. The obvious next step is a critical study of economics. This Marx now begins. Before we follow this development, however, we must pause to note the emergence of another key element in Marx's work which like economics was to remain central to his thought and uh, activity. So chapter four Enter the Proletariat.